Yo, 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 yo. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the episode premiere season three of the X Factor Sports Podcast. Yes, sir. We are back. Thank you guys for tuning in tonight. We got a great show. As you can see, we are live and we got a new setup. We got some new things around the set. We are live on YouTube, Facebook, TikTok, Twitter, and Instagram. So make sure you are subscribed to all the platforms. You can also catch the audio on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio. Catch us everywhere you want to. Amazon Music as well. Thank you guys for tuning in. Season three premiere, episode one. We got a great show. Let's get into some quick news before we get into those segments. First thing we want to start with, things that happened over the weekend. We got NCAA football. We got the Heisman Trophy winner, Jalen Daniels, who just won a Heisman from LSU, quarterback, accounted for 50 touchdowns this year, almost 5,000 yards of offense, kind of ran away with the MVP. My money was on Michael Penix Jr. out of Washington up until about the last couple weeks of the season. It was a foregone conclusion. They were going to give that to Jalen Daniels, Jaden Daniels. So congratulations to him on winning that. Also, college football playoffs came out while we were on break. We had the number one seed, who we thought was going to get it anyway, in Michigan. Number two was Washington, two undefeated teams in the Power Five. And you had Texas leap over a few teams and get the number three spot, and then Alabama at four. So the college football playoffs are set. You got Michigan against Alabama, and you got Washington. They get Texas, all right? And we'll get into a little bit of that in a second. Major League Baseball, though, big news. Obviously, the news of the week, Shohei Otani signs with the L.A. Dodgers, signs a 10-year $700 million contract. 10-year, $700 million, the biggest contract in sports history anywhere that I've heard of, unless some dudes overseas getting a soccer contract. I haven't heard anybody get more than 10 years, $700 million. So I predicted this, if you guys watch the X Factor Sports podcast in the season finale of season two, but I said 10 years, 500, but I knew he was going to the Dodgers. And here we are, the Dodgers... Must have watched my show and was like, nah, we're going to give him 200 more. So 200 million more equals 700. But the kicker to this contract, and I think this will be a trend moving forward for big contracts. What Shohei Otani is doing is he is deferring the contract. So he's not getting the 10 years, 700 million. He's actually deferring it. So he's paid over 20 years. So I'll break that down. So with the defer, he is only getting $2 million a year for the first 10 years of the contract. So from 2024 to 2033, he will get $2 million a year on his contract. Why is he doing that? Well, he makes about $50 million off the field in endorsements. So the $2 million helps the Dodgers with cap space, with money. They keep their superstars, Mookie Betts, Freddie Freeman, and then you can get some other pieces around them, Clayton Kershaw, all these guys get to stay. And the Dodgers can do their thing. They can be the old school Yankees of the West Coast for the next 10 years. Now, Otani will be DH in the National League the, this first year. He had to have surgery on his arm and he'll continue to pitch, but he won't pitch until 2025. That's when he'll be the dual threat again. And that's why they paid him all that bread. So this first year, he'll be a DH, but deferring his money to Two million for 10 years is genius because you think about it. He will get the money and he gets to play for a championship contending team for the next decade. Now, they're projecting that he'll obviously retire in 10 years. He's 29 years old now, probably won't, won't play past 39. So when he does, now the 68 million a year that he deferred, he'll get for the following 10 years all the way until... 2045, 2044. Genius, right? He already makes $50 million off the field a year, plus the two he's getting from the Dodgers. They get to the maneuver with some cap space, get him some players around him, and then defer to $68 million a year while he's retired. Oh, and it gets better. 
So now is he not only is he getting 68 million for the next 10 years after he retires, he'll be living in Japan. So he won't get the taxes that are accrued being in LA, being in America. He'll be getting 68 million US dollars in Japan. So I say it's a win-win for everybody, especially Shohei Otani. Congratulations to him. Much deserved. I will not be surprised to see him get a billion dollars playing Major League Baseball. And I look forward to seeing this happen in the future. And honestly, give a shout out to Aaron Rodgers. He kind of started this. If y'all look at his New York Jets contract, he's got the $100 million deal. He deferred his money as well so he can get players around him for the next couple of years. But obviously he didn't do it as big as Shohei Otani because he didn't get 700. But he's the first athlete that I've seen do a contract deferment of this magnitude where they're taking little dollars on the front end so they can have more dollars on the back end of their career. So it's a smart move. I think it'll be a trend. I think it'll some, well, I won't say a trend. I think it's going to be something that is here to stay. It just makes sense. It's a smart move. So congrats to Shohei Otani. In the NBA, Draymond Green strikes again. <laughs> Every pun intended. He struck somebody else. Yes. So this dude turned around and punched Yusuf Nurkic in the face the other night, punched him in the head. Uh, Golden State was playing against Phoenix. What did Yusef Nurkic do, you ask, right? Played defense. That's all he did. He's literally playing defense on Draymond. Draymond turns around, punches him in the head, knocks him down, gets ejected. You know, they talked about a suspension is coming. My question is, how many suspensions are you going to give this dude before you just, I won't say kick him out of the league, but I mean, damn, you got to run our test him at least. They gave Ron Artest 79 games for the Malice in the Palace. For all my young viewers, when the Pistons and the Pacers had a brawl in Detroit that wasn't started by Ron Artest, by the way, but he finished it, the league gave him 79-game suspension. So how many offenses does Draymond have to have before he's just done for the season, right? Like I told y'all before, he's turned into the dude at the park the old man at the park that's just fouling everybody and talking shit. That's all he does. He's trying to bully everybody because he can't play no more. Physically, he doesn't have it anymore. He can't play 82 games. He's not healthy. The talent is diminished. Like, he hit he hit the wall hard. His prime was about four years. And because of the type of player he is, he's not a scorer. He's not big enough to rebound like a big man. He's not big enough to defend big man, and he's getting old and slow. He can't defend guards anymore like he used to in his prime. So what do you resort to? Antics, talking trash, trying to get into everybody's head. Everybody sees you for who you are because every other week you getting suspended for hitting somebody. So how long will Golden State put up with it? That's the question. When will it get to a point where the antics outweigh the production? And this season, all he's been is antics. So it looks like the antics are outweighing the production. It might be time for Golden State to move on from him. I mean, he's going to get suspended. It's just a matter of how long. I say the Warriors need to be done with him. Don't need him anymore. He ain't doing nothing for your team. He's not showing good leadership. He's not grooming the, the young guys to be better players. He just looks old and bitter and you just want to foul the hell out of everybody and talk trash. That's all he's good for. He can go to the park and do that. So I think they need to be done with him. He's washed. Clay Thompson is rinsed. And Steph, the only one still getting dirty on the court. So the other two dudes need to go. Shout out to Steph. I, I mean, Steph, I love Clay, but we all see it. We got two eyes. We're watching Clay Thompson, right? His athletic ability is gone. Yes, he can shoot, but. The defensive prowess he had in his prime is diminished. He can't guard anybody anymore. Like, they're just getting older, and it happens. Like, this is the end of the dynasty. They got four titles out of it. You know, you got under, under, underrated players. Draymond was a second-round pick. You know, Clay was out of Washington State. Steph is out of Davidson. Like, they were underdogs. And 
as a unit, they changed the way we look at basketball. They changed the way the game is played and got four rings out of it. And now it looks like it's over. And that's what happens. I mean, just it's just age. You know, Father Time's undefeated, unless your name LeBron. I mean, I don't know what he's doing. I'm drinking some, whatever is in his water they need. But Draymond, they need to be done with him. Golden State needs to be done with him. Clay looked like he's literally on his last leg. And Steph can't carry them for 82 games to a playoff run. So I think that might be it for him. But before we get into the segments, let's talk about what happened in the college football playoff. All right. If you follow me on all the social media sites, you've seen that I hinted at, at this. Excuse me. I hinted at what they've done in the college football playoff. This is the 10th year of the playoff before they expand. They're going to expand the 12 teams next year. But before they do it, they have to screw over one more college <laughs> before they got to the 12 team playoff next season. So y'all let me know this. All right. Over the last 10 years in the college football playoff, they always had some questionable stuff going on. They always talked about, you know, they had two SEC teams in at the same time, even though only one of them won the conference title. Teams with one loss getting in, you know, teams with one loss jumping other teams because of strength of schedule. Like they always move the goalposts for other teams to get in. We all know it's about money. That, you know, school's out. We understand that. We understand the, the financial gain of this, you know, from the NCAA, from all the networks, the teams they want to see, the colleges, whatever. My point is this. They've never had a team that went undefeated in the Power Five Conference, won their conference championship, and got and did not make the college football playoff. It's never happened. So now it's happened to Florida State because their quarterback got injured. It doesn't make sense to me. Florida State deserves to be in the college football playoff. They went 13-0 in the ACC. They beat everybody they played. They beat the Heisman Trophy winner, Jalen Daniels. And they get penalized for doing exactly what you need to do over the last decade to get in the college football playoff. And then the committee tells them it ain't good enough because your quarterback's hurt. We don't want to see your second or third string quarterback play in the college football playoff. But what about the other All-Americans on that team, the other All-Conference players on that team, that coach that led them to an undefeated season? What about those guys? So we're not going to get into fair and unfair because fair is a place where they judge pigs. But what I'm saying is this. If you meet the criteria and the criteria has always been an undefeated power five team makes the college football playoff, then why did this undefeated college football playoff power five team not make the playoffs? Make it make sense. To me, Texas shouldn't be in. I'll say it. Yes, they in the Big 12. They won the Big 12. They beat Alabama in September. It was still warm outside. We were still having shrimp boils when they beat them. And Alabama has won 10 straight games since then. They've proven, they've shown their medal. They have one loss, but they ran the table, beat Georgia, a team that hadn't lost in two years. The last time Georgia lost a football game before they just lost Alabama was to Alabama two years ago. So they've kind of proven their point that they deserve to be in it, right? What has Texas done? Texas beat Alabama in September when they couldn't even figure out who the quarterback was going to be. Yes, it was a big win because of Alabama. But then they turned around and lost to Oklahoma, who turned out to be not that great. So where's the penalty for that? Yes, they won the Big 12 tournament, but where's the penalty for Texas losing to a team that wasn't that great? where Florida State took down all comers. They beat SEC teams. They beat everybody in their conference. They beat the Clemsons, the Dukes, the North Carolinas, all these ranked teams, Louisville. Every team that was ranked in the ACC this year, Florida State beat them all. Even beat Miami when they were ranked. So the reward they get is to watch the college football playoff like the rest of us. So good job college football committee you screwed another team from getting into a college football playoff before we expanded and the thing they try to do they dance around 
well, their strength of schedule wasn't the best compared to the other schools, the other two one-loss teams that we put in the college football playoff. That don't matter. The criteria was, so what's the difference between they should have lost four games? What's the point in going undefeated in the Power Five and winning the conference tournament to not make the college football playoff? You might as well lose two or three games. They could have set some guys if they knew this was going to be the outcome. So that's BS to me. Y'all let me know what y'all think. Florida State should have made it in the college football playoff. You obviously see how I feel about it. Let me know what you think. Do you think that Florida State should have made the college football playoff and replaced one of these one-loss teams? All right. When we come back, we got a great show. I told you we are hot. Is the season three premiere. When we come back, we are going to get into some NBA. I know y'all are excited about that. We got some contenders and pretenders. We got five teams that are surprising the NBA right now. We're going to talk about which ones we think will actually be able to contend and which ones are faking. This is the X Factor Sports Podcast Season 3 premiere. We'll be right back. you love sports and want to stay informed about the latest news and content, then you've got to check out this podcast. The X Factor Sports Podcast is the ultimate source for your favorite sports news and analysis. This host covers all kinds of sports, you'll always be able to find something interesting to listen to. Plus, the podcast is highly entertaining and will keep you on the edge of your seat every time. So, don't wait any longer. Subscribe to the X Factor Sports Podcast today. Yo, yo. Welcome back to the X Factor Sports Podcast. We are live on Facebook, YouTube, TikTok, Twitter, and Instagram. Believe it or not, we are pulling all of the social media sites in to our world here at the X Factor Sports Podcast. Let's get into some NBA, all right? We hadn't talked much NBA last season because it was kind of gearing up. And I'll give a quick note on the end season tournament, just in case people want to know my opinion. Congratulations. The Lakers won the in-season tournament. I even heard about them trying to talk about putting a banner up for the in-season tournament. I mean, whatever. So <laughs> that's all I got to say about the in-season tournament. It was great to watch. It was f- good for the fans. Vegas made a lot of money because everybody showed up there. I saw Nelly and TLC perform there. I mean, you know, took us back to high school, but it's all good. Now, the season is back. Let's talk about some of these contenders and pretenders. First up, the Orlando Magic, all right? The Orlando Magic are the two seed in the East right now, 16 and seven. They look night and day from what they looked like last year. They, Paulo Bancaro looks like a seasoned veteran. He only in his second year. They got the Wagner brothers there. They got a bunch of young talent. They look really good at 16 and seven. Currently the two seed in the East and Third in defensive rating. I think that's the reason why they are winning so many games. They're actually playing defense. They're buying in. Coach Jamal Mosley in his third season has got these boys playing well. So you guys let me know. You guys think they're contenders or pretenders? I think they're pretenders. (laughs) They are looking good. It's early in the season. But I just think they're a young team. They're, They're ahead of schedule. But I don't believe that they are going to contend for anything. Like They may be in the hunt for, to use an NFL term, they may be in the hunt for like the in-season tournament. I don't think this two seed is going to last very long. It's a long season. Usually young teams hit the wall during the holidays, during the dog days of the season, right in that window before All-Star break in February. You get after Christmas, everybody's excited for Christmas games. New Year hits, and then there's nothing for about six weeks where you just got to go play basketball. You got to fly to New York, Chicago, Boston, Philly in January, February and play basketball games. And that's where I think it'll turn the tide for this young team. Can they keep it together? We'll see. But the veteran experience during those dog days is kind of where you pick up wins before the All-Star break. We'll see if they can do it. I don't know if they can sustain this for all 82 so I'm going to say the Orlando Magics are a pretender. Second team we're going to talk about is OKC. They are 15 and 7 right now. They are 
in the top two seeds in the, in the West. I think they're contenders, though. Shea Gilgis Alexander is playing at an MVP level. You got Chet Holmgren playing. Might be rookie of the year. Him or Wimby, we'll see what happens. But you got a rim, a rim protector. You got somebody who has sat and watched for his rookie year and coming out in year two, kind of a Ben Simmons type of rookie year, Blake Griffin. But Chet is already looking like he understands the game defensively. They have a year under their belt of playing in the playoffs. I don't think this team is a play-in tournament team. I think they get in as one of the top six teams. So OKC, I believe, is a contender, especially with Shea Gill just leading the way, still averaging over 30 points a game. Kid looks unstoppable. Making that Clippers trade look real suspect right now. But shout out to Shea and OKC. I think they contended for something. The Indiana Pacers. Pacers 13-8 and eight right now. Went to the play-in or the in-season tournament championship. They looked great in that in-season tournament. So if I want to take something away from that is how good the Pacers look and how serious they took that tournament. They beat Boston and they beat Milwaukee to get into the in-season tournament championship. So kudos to them. Tyrese Halliburton looks like the best guard in basketball right now. Assist-to-turnover ratio is crazy. Averaging 27 a game, 11 assists. Career highs all across the board, shooting better. I think the Pacers have something here. I think they are contending. They will be in the playoffs for sure. I don't think it'll be a play-in situation. I think they get one of the top six spots as well. They will be like the Oklahoma City Thunder in the Eastern Conference. If Miles Turner can stay healthy, Halliburton, you got Ben McDermott off the bench. They got a good nucleus. Guys like playing with Tyrese Halliburton. He makes the game look fun. I've watched a few Pacers games. They look good. As a Bulls fan, I can't like them too much, but they look good though. So I think they're I think they are contending for sure. All right. Minnesota Timberwolves at number four. 17 and five. They're actually the one seed in the West, right? As a, as we speak right now. They remind me of what the Pelicans were last year. Last year, the Pelicans were the number one seed in the West going into Christmas. They looked good. Zion played a bunch, but then they just kind of tailed off. I think the same thing is going to happen to the Timberwolves. I think they're pretenders. Anthony Edwards is elite. I don't take anything away from Anthony Edwards. I think he's elite. He's a two-way player, athletic, can shoot now. You got to guard him night. You got to guard him at all three levels of the court. Once he gets a post game, he's going to be unstoppable. But I like Anthony Edwards, but I just don't see them sustaining this in the Western Conference. Too many good teams. Phoenix had not got it going yet. Bradley Beal ain't healthy yet. Sacramento's going to be good again. The Lakers look good. The Clippers look good and healthy. Denver, the defending champions. Dallas. So a lot of teams in the mix. I just can't see. Minnesota sustaining this for 82 games. Kind of the same thing with Orlando. I don't think they're going to have it for too long, but I love Anthony Edwards, man. He's elite to me. Really like that guy. He's going to be a perennial all-star for years to come. But that Gobert, Carr, Anthony Towns situation, what are we going to do about that? It looks good right now. Will it last? I'm not sure. In the last team, we got the Dallas Mavericks. I actually think the Dallas Mavericks are going to contend this year. Kyrie Irving with a full season under his belt. I think him and Luka are figuring out this one-two punch situation. And that team is built for the playoffs. When you get to the playoffs, you need superstars that can go get you a bucket. It's a seven-game series. Everybody already knows all your all they did their scouting reports. So they know what you're going to do on both ends. Now you need somebody in a half court that can go get buckets. And I think between Kyrie and Luka, there ain't too many more duos that do it better than them. So I think like I think if they stay healthy, I think they'll contend. They're 14 and 8 right now. I think, but with Kyrie and Luka, I think they make a pre playoff run. Not title contenders, but they're definitely playoff contending team in a scary matchup for anybody that grabs them. So that's what I think about the, the Mavericks. So those are the five teams, Orlando, OKC, Indiana, Minnesota, and the Dallas Mavericks. You guys let me know 
Be sure to like, share, subscribe, and of course, follow. Who do you think out of those five teams has the best chance to make a run in the playoffs? You guys let me know. All right, when we come back, we will get into your favorite segment of the X Factor Sports Podcast, and it's Bet That. We got a five-leg NFL parlay for week 15. We will be right back. Season two of the X Factor Sports Podcast is here. Be sure to tune in live every Wednesday night on YouTube, Facebook, and TikTok for real unbiased sports talk. Jay Mondane is bringing a fresh new point of view on the sports world. You don't want to miss out. Subscribe to the X Factor Sports Podcast today. Audio available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, Google Podcast, and iHeartRadio. The X Factor Sports Podcast. Real talk for real sports fans. All right, yo, we are back. Welcome to the X Factor Sports Podcast Season 3 premiere. This is a great show. I'm having a great time. I'm glad you guys are tuned in. Remember, be sure to like, share, subscribe, and follow on all the social media sites. YouTube, Facebook, TikTok, Twitter, and Instagram. Also, you can catch the audio on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and iHeartRadio. All right? We are here at the favorite segment of the show, the fan favorite. We call it Bet That. This is where we get into our five-leg parlays. Sometimes we mix it up with different sports. This week, we are going to do a five-leg parlay with the NFL. Again, the disclaimer, we are not a booking site. We are not a booking podcast. We're not bookies at all. We just love sports. We love talking about placing bets. So why not give you all some tips on yours, all right? So here's the five-leg parlay. We got the Steelers at Colts in Indianapolis this weekend. Go ahead and take the money line with the Colts. They look good at home. The Steelers are still trying to figure out who the hell the quarterback is for that team. I feel bad for him. One of my homeboys is a Steelers fan. He's got to deal with the stench of Mitch Trubisky. You can have that. I'm glad we don't got that no more. But I got the Colts winning at home. Even with Jonathan Taylor out, I feel like the Colts' defense is making a turn in the right direction. And with that quarterback situation in Pittsburgh coming on the road, I feel like the Colts will get this win straight up. They can't score any points. The Steelers are going to struggle to score. And when you can't struggle and when you can't score on the road, it's tough to beat a team at home that's got loud fans looking for a win. The Colts are in a position where they can get a leg up in their division. I think they want this win really bad. They take advantage. I'm taking the Colts with the money line. Second leg of the parlay, we got the New York Jets at Miami. This part, this leg of the parlay, we got the Jets at nine and a half point underdogs. I'm going to take the Jets to cover this spread. This is a huge spread late in the season against a divisional opponent. I know the Dolphins just came off a loss to the Titans, a tough loss, and they're going to want some get back on somebody. But with this Jets defense, the way Zach Wilson looked last week, I mean, this dude threw for 300 yard, over 300 yards last week. I think that's going to build some confidence in him as a young quarterback. I think they go down to Miami, get some nice weather, and I think they play a good game, especially defensively. I think they look good, keep the game close enough. I don't see them losing by double digits. So I'm going to go ahead and take the Jets in a close game. They won't win the game, but I don't think they lose by 10 points. So go ahead and take the Jets to cover that spread. The next leg, we got the Texans at the Titans. Tennessee just got a huge win against the Dolphins. I'm going to go ahead and take the Titans winning this divisional game. It's a pivotal game in the AFC South. So go ahead and take the Titans with the money line straight up. Will Levis is looking good. He's looking more comfortable. Saw him kind of arguing on the sideline a couple weeks ago with Nuke Hopkins. But I think they figured that out. They're trying to get some chemistry. Then, of course, you got the Tennessee bully, as always. And the and just look at the stats on what he does to the Texans when he plays them. This is, a, this is interesting. When Derrick Henry plays against a divisional opponent, 
for the second time in his career, he averages over 100 yards and a touchdown every single time. So for my fantasy football people, if you have Derrick Henry, play Derrick Henry this weekend for sure and bet some money on him. Get a prop bet in on Derrick Henry. Statistically, he always rushes for over 100 yards and a touchdown when he plays a division opponent the second time around. This is the second time against the Texans. So go ahead and take that straight-up bet against the Titans or with the Titans. They got some momentum going into a divisional home game. I think the Titans win. For the fourth leg, we got the Chiefs coming off two tough losses in a row going to New England. But the spread is at 10. Go ahead and take the Patriots, man. I don't think that the I don't think the Chiefs are going to win a double-digit game on the road in New England against a Belichick defense. I just don't see it happening. This is a team that misses Eric Bieniemy bad. They can't score any points. They're scoring, they average like 20 points a game here in the last month. They've lost four out of the last six. So to give them a 10-point spread, Vegas is just begging you to, to bite on it. I'm taking the Patriots to cover this spread for sure. I don't think this is a double-digit win. Not saying the Chiefs won't win the game, but double digits is tough, especially we don't know the condition of Isaiah Pacheco either. That's going to be tough. So I'm going to go ahead and take the Patriots. I'm going to lay on that with them covering the spread. All right. Also, another nugget. The Chiefs are 3-3 three and three against the spread this season on the road. So 10 is a big number. I mean, they're, they're 500. They're betting 500 on the road against the spread. This is a tough one, double-digit one late in the season. Go ahead with the Patriots cover. The last one we got. <clears throat> we got an old-school 1990s AFC-NFC rival game. We got the Cowboys going to Buffalo, play against the Bills. Bills coming off a big win. a I won't say a franchise-changing win. Let's not get crazy. But the camera was on Sean McDermott a lot during that game. <laughs> and usually... If you watch sports and you watch football specifically, anytime a coach is in a big game and the camera keeps panning to the coach when the team does something good, that usually means the coach is on the hot seat. All right? Coach Sean McDermott might be coaching for his job. This team was supposed to be elite. They were supposed to be a Super Bowl contending team. They are 7-6. and six. They were 6-6 six and six going into that game on the road against a team that – some people think is a rival to them. Can't be a rival if the Chiefs win two Super Bowls and you ain't got the one. That's just me. But a huge game. You saw all the players hugging and high-fiving Sean McDermott. That tells me it was a big game in that locker room, a big game for him, and it was a huge win. With that being said, I'm actually going to take Buffalo for the upset. The Cowboys look great. Dak's playing like an MVP. They just got a huge win. But the Cowboys do something really eerie around this time of year. They get a big win against a formidable opponent, and then they lay a damn egg. And I feel like they're about to lay an egg on Sunday. So I'm going to go ahead, and I am going to take Buffalo with the upset against the Dallas Cowboys on Sunday. Cowboys, they do this every year. So across country, late games. They don't do good. The three losses that they do have have all been across country road games. They lost to San Francisco, got blown out. They lost to the Cardinals in Arizona. They went in, in Philly and lost a close one, but they've always been cross country late games. Those are the three losses the Cowboys have. Lo and behold, this is a cross country late afternoon football game. And I think the Bills get them. So take that with your parlay. So let's run it back. What do we have for our parlays? We got the Colts straight up. We got the Bills straight up. We got the Chiefs. Uh, we got the Patriots covering a 10-point spread. We got the Jets covering a 10-point spread. And then we got the Titans straight up on the Texans. Be sure to lock those in to any of those. is 
So that way you guys can see if I'm right, wrong, or indifferent, how good I do. You guys let me know. When we come back to the X Factor Sports Podcast, we are going to get into our third installment of the X Factor NFL Power Rankings. You do not want to miss this. We will be right back. Yo, 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 yo. Welcome back to the season three premiere of the X Factor Sports Podcast. I'm glad y'all are tuning in with me live on YouTube, Facebook, TikTok, Twitter, and Instagram. We are live everywhere. So be sure to like, share, subscribe, and follow on all platforms to get exclusive content from the X Factor Sports Podcast. All right, let's get into the power rankings for the NFL. This is our third installment of the power rankings, all right? You're gonna see a lot of things that changed from the last time we did the power rankings four weeks ago, but here it is. At number 10, we got the Buffalo Bills. The Buffalo Bills have made their way into the power rankings. Yes, I know they're seven and six, but this is a power ranking. This is not a standings ranking, all right? You're impacted on based on how you play, the teams you beat, how you beat them. That's what makes these rankings powerful, what your offense and defense looks like against the rest of the league. And that is why they made this power ranking at number 10. For seven and 16, the Buffalo Bills power or point differential is plus 104 points. So that tells you why they deserve to be in this power ranking. The seven wins they have, the point differential is over 100 points this season. Pretty dominant. That's better than some teams we've got three, four, five losses. Their point differential is better. So put them at number 10. Huge win like we alluded to in the bet that segment. Huge win against the Chiefs. Probably a job-saving win if they can finish it out for Sean McDermott. But that's what the Bills are doing right now. At number nine, the Kansas City Chiefs. Yes, they just lost to the Bills. But again, this is not a standings ranking. It's a power ranking. You can't take away what the Chiefs have already accomplished this season. So at eight and five, they have lost four out of the last six games. They've dropped quite a bit in the power rankings from last segment or from the last installment to this one. But they have, uh, like I said, four out of six they've lost, but they got big conference wins. So when you get into a playoff scenario that the Chiefs are in, trying to fight for a two or three seed, their conference record matters if they have a tie break with somebody. And the Chiefs are 6-2 and two in the AFC. So that means a lot. So the wins that they have against good teams in their conference will lean more in their favor when it gets down to a playoff seeding. So that's why they're at number nine. At number eight, we got the Jacksonville Jaguars. Jacksonville has 8-5 record. They're tied with the best road record in the NFL right now. They are 5-1 and one on the road. They dropped two straight, but they're still winning their division. And now they're down three slots. So as you can see, down three slots, but they're still in the, in the rankings because of that road record. Tied with the Baltimore Ravens at 5-1. and one. At number seven, we got the Cleveland Browns. The Browns, 8-5. Second best home record in the NFL at six and one. That's why we got them in the power rankings. They make their way into it. Top five defense in the NFL and big early season win against the Baltimore Ravens. That's what gets them in the rankings. They got a big game coming up this weekend. We'll see if they can keep the momentum going. But at eight and five, they're looking like a for sure playoff team. They will get in even without Deshaun Watson, surprisingly enough. So. Congrats to them being in the power rankings. At number six, this team has dropped a couple slots at nine and four, the Detroit Lions. 
They had a tough loss against these boys right here, Bear Down. Last week, we should have beat them in week 11. We kind of laid an egg and gave that game away. I don't want to get into that. But we redeemed ourselves and blew them out last week. So for that, I'm glad to say my team dropped the Lions to six. But they are still nine and four. So you got to give them respect there. They still got a stranglehold on the NFC North. and But it looks like they peaked already because they've struggled the last couple weeks. I think they peaked a little bit too early. In October, they looked great. Looks like they're kind of on the downslide. Hopefully, they don't limp into the playoffs and get a bad matchup in one of these wild card games. Because the way it's looking now, I mean, between Dallas and Philly, the Lions might meet one of them in the first round. <laughs> and you do not want to see one of those dudes as a wild card team at number five. So they're the number six team in the power rankings. But it looks like, like I said, they peaked a little bit too early. At number five, we got the Miami Dolphins. They went down three slots. They were the number three, number two spot a few weeks ago. Now they're down at five. Nine and four. Had a tough home loss. One score or one point loss to the Titans on Monday night. Uh, but they still lead the division. Even though Buffalo looked better, the Jets looked better. Dolphins still got a nice little lead on everybody in the AFC East at nine and four. They also are the best offense in football for scoring. Tua still has the best, well, he has the second best QB rating behind Brock Purdy. But yards, Tyreek Hill is about to catch 2,000 yards receiving this year, probably break the all time record over Megatron. So they're still a great team, still a powerful team. That's why they're top five, even with the loss. But they're not the top, they're not four, three, two, or one because they're in the bottom third of the NFL in defense. Gotta be a complete team. You want to get in these power rankings and you want to be high in these power rankings. Standards are high at the X Factor Sports Podcast. So they're in here, but gotta play a little D also. All right. At number four, speak about being tough on people. The Philadelphia Eagles. They were the number two, number one team in the power rankings, they drop all the way to four now. So Philadelphia Eagles up three spots. They are 10 and three, had a rough stretch of the schedule. They did come out and get some big wins, beat the Dolphins, beat the Chiefs, but they had a couple of tough losses. They've lost two straight, huge loss to a division rival in Dallas. We expected them. They always kind of go one for one every year, home and home. So Eagles lose that game, lost two straight, still got some great wins, still tied for the best record in the NFL at 10-3. and three. But those teams that they're tied with are looking a lot better right now. And that's why we do the power rankings, because you can see the momentum shift with these teams and how teams look now versus what they looked like back then. Case in point, the Baltimore Ravens. Baltimore Ravens are all the way up to number three in the power rankings, and they were not in the power rankings the last time. They're making their first appearance here. Ten and three. They're heating up. It looks like everybody is getting healthy. Mark Andrews should be getting back soon, but even without Mark Andrews, they're still holding the fort at ten and three. Lamar looks great. Odell Beckham Jr. is getting his stride back. Had a huge touchdown last week. A big, ugly overtime win, a putt return in overtime to win a game. But you win them how you got to win them. So at 10-3, and three, Ravens are the number three team in the power rankings. Three straight wins. And they are the ones that are tied for the most road wins at 5-1. and one. At number two, the Dallas Cowboys. And I'll even apologize to the Cowboys fans. I said y'all was pretenders. Which still may be, so relax. We still in we still in the regular season, all right? So don't give me the I told you so, we them boys. I don't want to hear all that. As of right now, y'all are number two in the power rankings, up four spots from where you were in the last one. Got to give respect when respect's due. They came out, not only did they beat the Eagles, they beat them down, and they've been beating down teams. They've been beating down a lot of lollipops earlier in the season. They beat a formidable team in the Eagles. 10 and 3, 7 and 0 at home. They have the best home record in the league, so you got to give them props for that. First in point differential, and Dak looks like an MVP. 
there I said it. So they look good. I give props and props to do, and they earned them. If the Eagles would have beat them, they probably would have swapped spots, but they took care of business and they're moving forward. They are actually looking like they're going in a different direction than the Detroit Lions. I think Detroit peaked early. I think the Cowboys are actually peaking right now, but you know, they are the Cowboys. They're going to start feeling themselves. And that's why I got them losing in Buffalo in the bet that segment. I feel like they're going to come down to earth a little bit, but as it stands right now, they are the number two team in the power rankings. And at number one, San Francisco 49ers, they go from being a number nine all the way down to the number one team. They go about eight spots as the best team in football. I don't think there is any dispute or debate about the 49ers being the best team in football, right? They're the most complete team. They've won five straight games. Now that Debo and Trent Williams are back, they have a five-game winning streak. And get this, you see all these teams, right? Y'all are looking at the side-by-side. You see all these, if you're on TikTok, you see it behind us. You look at all these teams that are on this power ranking. The 49ers beat four of these teams in the power ranking. The point differential was by 84 points. They literally blew out. The Cowboys, they blew out. Um, Philly. They, you know what I mean? They blew out Jacksonville. Like, they, they've blown teams out. Wasn't even close. The 84-point differential with the four other teams in these power rankings, they're clearly the best team in football, top to bottom. They have the best roster. Brock Purdy looks like an MVP. He doesn't look like he's just a game manager. This dude, everybody called him a game manager. He came and showed out, went to Philly, threw for over 300 yards. They're winning all their games in their division. So you got to show them, you got to show love when love's due. Congratulations. The San Francisco 49ers right now are the X Factor power, NFL power rankings best team in the league. And I don't think there's any way to dispute that. When we come back, we will get into the two minute warning, the first two minute warning of season three. You don't want to miss this. We'll be right back. This is the X Factor Sports Podcast. love sports and want to stay informed about the latest news and content, then you've got to check out this podcast. The X Factor Sports Podcast is the ultimate source for your favorite sports news and analysis. This host covers all kinds of sports, you'll always be able to find something interesting to listen to. Plus, the podcast is highly entertaining and will keep you on the edge of your seat every time. So, don't wait any longer. Subscribe to the X Factor Sports Podcast today. Yo, yo, welcome back to the X Factor Sports Podcast. I hope you guys had a great time tonight. Season three premiere. Also, somebody's birthday is today. Crazy. I'm working on my birthday. But that's how it goes. Want to bring this out to the fans. I appreciate y'all for tuning in. Thank you for all the birthday wishes, all of the um, all of the memes and all the likes and happy birthdays on social media. We appreciate that. I thank you guys from the bottom of my heart. I really appreciate it. I appreciate you guys tuning in as well. <clears throat> Let's get to it. The two minute warning. OK. Don't be afraid to bet on yourself. All right. The reason I say that, because if you have dreams or goals, then why would you not pursue them? They're yours, right? You have formulated an idea in your mind, in your heart of something you want to do. So go and pursue it. Don't let anybody stand in your way. If you got dreams, don't wait on somebody to give you permission to go out and reach for your dreams. You got to be able to bet on yourself. It's your life. Formulate a plan and go get it, all right? Everybody has struggles, everybody has setbacks, disadvantages, speed bumps, bumps in the road in life, that's life. It happens to all of us, but you gotta be able to overcome those. If you are clear and focused in your vision, you should be able to overcome, figure out a way to get to where it is you need to be, all right? If you don't 
believe in yourself, you can't expect anybody else to. So that's why I say it. You, you have to bet on yourself. If you're not going to bet on yourself, who will? Scarface says it in the movie, in his movie. Who do I trust? Me. You got to be able to believe in yourself. All right. And then, now that doesn't mean that you don't need help. Like I'm, I'm not going to get any help from anybody. I'm going to be stubborn. It just means you have a vision in place and you utilize the people that can help you reach that potential. You, you do that wisely, but you move forward. You always have to be able to move forward and not be afraid to bet on yourself. You can't expect people to see your vision or your goals the same way you see them. They're your visions, right? Other people are blind to your goals. So we got to make people feel them, right? They can't see your goal. You got to make them feel it. They got to hear it. They got to smell it. They can't see it the way you do. All right. And I'll leave you with this. I'd rather fail at the hands of my own doing than to have it be failed at the hands of somebody else. All right. I don't want anybody else getting in the way of what I feel like my goals are. So I'm going to bet on myself. I appreciate you guys for tuning in to the season premiere of the X Factor Sports Podcast. This is Jay Mondane. Thank y'all. Next week, we are going global for the next two weeks. We will actually see y'all on Thursday next week. We will be in a different time zone. We are globetrotting the next couple weeks for the holidays, but we will still be live for you for sure. Next week, we will get into some more NBA. We're going to get into some NFL X Factors for week 16. Bet that will obviously be back. And we got some NCAA basketball for y'all. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you to Miss D for always producing, doing the cam and the video and the angles. We are out of here. Peace.